You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode number 54. At some point in your food blogging journey, you may start to feel yourself burning out or missing out on opportunities because you are too far in the weeds of the many moving parts of running a food blog. When that happens, you may find yourself wondering what it might look like to expand your team. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Emily Perrin, a hiring specialist for food bloggers, about what you should know before hiring your first or next freelancer. She is an upcoming speaker in the Food Blogger Summit, and I can't wait for you to hear her wealth of knowledge about hiring in this episode. You love the time you get to spend creating content on your blog and connecting with your audience, but building a brand and working on your website, that's where it can feel overwhelming. With all of the lists out there of everything that you should do, sometimes you just feel like giving up. But friends, there's a better way. When you spend time strategically thinking about your blog, you'll discover what is essential to build a successful and sustainable business and what's not. I'm your host, Madison Weatherill, a WordPress web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers. I'm here to help you think strategically about the brand you're building, connect with your ideal audience, and ultimately convert them into raving fans, the ones who actually make your recipes, interact with you, and make this whole food blogging journey worth it. It's time to design a business you love and remember why you started a blog in the first place. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Vine Podcast. I am super glad that you are here and I am really ready to just jump right into this topic. So I want to first just start by introducing our guest today, Emily Perrin. Emily Perrin helps bloggers and creative entrepreneurs expand and improve their teams with talented freelancers. Her number one goal is to align the right person with the right role so business owners and freelancers alike feel empowered to work within their individual skill sets and strengths. When she's not working, you can find Emily reading, enjoying the outdoors of the upper Midwest, playing the piano, and relaxing with a crafty project. She and her husband recently welcomed their first child, Tommy, and their family loves spending time together at home with their energetic dog. You guys are going to absolutely love this episode. Emily shares so many tips and tricks about hiring your first freelancer from knowing where to start, who to hire, and how to go about that process. And then she's also going to be giving you a sneak peek at the content that is going to be part of her presentation at the summit. So can't wait for you to dive into this episode. You are definitely going to enjoy it. All right. Welcome, Emily, to the show. I'm so excited to have you today. And would you just get started by just maybe telling us a little bit about your background and how you got started working as a hiring specialist? Yeah. Thanks, Madison. Yeah. So I started out like my path to becoming a hiring specialist really started in the corporate world. So I spent about 10 years at a Fortune 500 company and I was did like a combination of managing. And then I also was just like the person that people went to when they were hiring in their department or division. Like if they knew me, they wanted me like looking at resumes and sitting in on interviews and helping make the decision. And then from there, I eventually left the corporate world about five years years ago to pursue my own business full time. I was a career coach for at first. And about a year in, I started hiring freelancers. And I found it really hard because not only did I have that corporate experience, I also had a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology. So I had actually studied this stuff. Like I had spent years studying leadership and recruiting and management and all of those like topics that go into it. And so then like when I got out into the entrepreneurial world, I was just really confused. I was like, this is way harder than I anticipated. And over time, I've discovered that it just really has to do with 
like hiring freelancers is different than hiring employees. And there's some things we need to do differently to be more successful there. And then as I was like in my career coaching business, I was a couple years in and I started having my business friends asking about like, how are you finding your people? Like, Emily, you're finding such good freelancers every time. Like, what are you doing differently? So then I started teaching my hiring process and eventually I just, I had a friend of a friend refer a food blogger into me to do some recruiting for her. So I worked with Melissa at Bless This Mess and I recruited her freelancers. And then from there, it just kind of snowballed into a presentation at a food blogging conference and then more food bloggers. And then it just became this specialty. And I... I love food blogging. I wish I was good enough to be a food blogger. I just like know I wouldn't be good in that capacity, but I wish I could have a food blog. It would be very fun. But instead, I just get to serve this incredible community instead. That is awesome. And I totally relate. There's just something very unique and special about the food blogging world. So it's so fun to hear how you ended up working with food bloggers. So because you and I both are in this space, I know we have lots of conversations with people about hiring. I know that you and I are both very passionate about outsourcing and delegating and all the things. So I would love to start by just Maybe can you just share a few ways that food bloggers might know that it's time to start considering hiring a team member? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. So I think there's there's two parts to it. The first part is like, what are the signs that you need a team member? And then the second part is, are you ready? Like, what are the signs that you're ready to add that team member? So if you're comfortable, like, I'll, I'll go with both. I'd love to share both parts. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that first part. So what are the signs that you need a team member? So number one is you're burning out. So you're kind of on that edge of burnout or you're already feeling burned out because you're just like doing all the things all the time. The second one is actually doing all the things. So part of that burnout experience is that you're not doing enough of the work that gives you energy, that refuels you, that makes you come alive. That That's like your zone of genius. When you're operating in your zone of genius, you feel energized, alive, inspired, like you just love working. And so what happens to a lot of food bloggers is they end up spending a lot of time doing all the other things that they don't necessarily love because it's a lot. It takes a lot to maintain a food blog and grow the food blog. And yeah, so you're spending a lot of time outside your zone of genius. And that's very draining and depleting. And then the third sign is that missing out on opportunities. So maybe you want to create a course, or you've really been wanting to start a membership, or you want to take on more sponsored content, but you just don't have the time to reach out to brands. This is like another sign, like the missing out on opportunities is a big sign that you need to bring on some support. You just, you can't keep doing everything the way you've been doing it. And then when it comes to, are you ready? There's two big signs in that space. So once you know you need a team member, then it's a question of, are you ready to bring them on? And there's two signs here. The first is, are you ready to give up control? And not even necessarily give up, but maybe let go would be a better way of saying that. So are you ready to let go of control? And I think a great example of this is the summer I was recruiting for a food blogger who was looking for a virtual assistant. And we were at the end of the hiring process and we were deciding between the two candidates. Ultimately, she was making the decision. And so we were talking through the two candidates and, you know, there were trade-offs. One, you know, one maybe had like a little better skill skills, but like her characteristics, personality and fit wise wasn't as good. And then the other one was a better fit in terms of the personality, reliability, characteristics. 
but her her Pinterest skills, like some of her like VA skills weren't as top notch. And so that's when this client said to me, Emily, you know what? Done is better than perfect. She's like, I have a huge backlog of Pinterest descriptions that needed to be added. And it would just be better to have some Pinterest description than like maybe, you know, 5% more perfect Pinterest description. And I thought, yes, this is exactly why you are so ready to bring on this virtual assistant. Because you have that attitude of done is better than perfect. That means you're ready to like hand over some of that control, like let go a little bit. The second side of this, so after, like, if you're ready to let go of the control, the other piece is being clear on the role that you need to bring in. And, you know, there's a lot of roles that you could go after, right? So it's how do you prioritize those? And how do you, like, what are you actually going to outsource first? Yeah, I think that is such a great place to kind of pivot and talk about some of these specific roles. But I also just wanted to mention that like, I love that you didn't necessarily say that you know you're ready when you reach a certain income level, you reach a certain page view amount. Because I think so many food bloggers get stuck in feeling like they have to reach a certain level before they can bring somebody on. But really with what you're saying, it's like you could be potentially slowing yourself down from growing by trying to do all of these things and trying to be in all the places. And really, if you were to just focus on what you do best and let somebody else come and support you with the rest, you may actually grow faster. And so I just, I wanted to point that out that I love that part of being ready has really, I mean, sure, you have to be able to pay the person, right? But ultimately at the end of the day, your readiness level is more on your ability to let go of that control and let somebody else do what they're best at doing. So I just love that. Thank you. Yeah, really, there is no magical number for outsourcing. And what I've seen more generally in online business is that you can't really pass. It's much harder to pass the six figure mark in revenue without some support, at least, you know, one or two people supporting you. And the great thing with freelancers is you can scale them, right? They're pretty affordable because you don't have to bring in a part-time or a full-time employee and pay them, you know, 20, 30, 40 hours a week. You can hire someone at even two to three hours a week, two to three hours a month, depending what you need help with. So it is a really affordable option because you can customize it to fit you. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think for me, that was kind of the starting point place for me when I first hired, you know, a freelancer, I don't even know how many years ago, but it was like that first taste of having support really just gave me kind of the breath and the space to recognize like that it was worth it, that it was totally worth the investment, but it also just really helped me to focus in on what I needed to focus on. And so I think it's one of those things you kind of just have to trust that it's going to be worth it, but then figuring out you know, what is that perfect role and who is that perfect kind of person that's going to be able to come and support me is going to help you be able to sustain that long term. But let's shift into talking about some of these roles. So with your experience in helping food bloggers to hire team members, what are some of the most common roles that you see food bloggers filling first or that really they need to be looking into? Ultimately, the first role comes down to the individual, like what is right for you based on your skills. So I've had clients who 
you know, bring on a virtual assistant first. I've had others that bring in a project manager. Like if they don't like the process of running their business, managing the calendar, checking in, you know, maybe if you already have a couple part-time freelancers, you know, checking in to make sure everyone has all their stuff in at the right time. Yeah. And the, or like a writer is another really common one. But the VA role is really, really challenging. It's one that it's one that a lot of food bloggers, I think, feel a lot of pressure to to hire, but they don't necessarily consider what are some of their other options. So whenever I have someone come to me and say, I need a VA, I need a virtual assistant, Emily, can you help? The first thing we do is we look at, can we get more specific? Do you really need a project manager? Do you need someone to do social media? Do you need a writer? And so we just like get that little bit more specific because that goes back to that clarity. So when you're extra clear, it just helps. Like it helps attract the right people into the role. The virtual assistant industry is really broad and there's VAs out there, you know, doing literally anything. Like some VAs are actually writers and some VAs are actually social media managers. And then some VAs are actually doing, you know, project management. And so how do we like deal with that role? It's a really challenging, challenging role. So what would you recommend for somebody who you know, and we can go specifically into like what some of these differences are between, you know, a VA or a project manager. But what would you say is the first step for somebody if they're trying to get clear on what they need? Do you write out maybe like all the things that you're doing? Or do you really focus on the things you don't love to do? Like, how do you walk someone through that part of the process? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I would start by noticing what's not getting done. What are the greatest pain points? And then going from there, because the virtual system it might be the next role you need, but you also might need to go a level above that. So when I think of like virtual assistant, project manager, and online business manager, I think of them as three levels of administrative support. So, you know, there's a lot of people that want help in the admin space because they're not great with details or they don't want to like deal with those details anymore. But then getting into that right role is also important. So I'd actually love to just share a little bit about the differences in these roles so that you know, the food bloggers that are listening can hear a little more and like maybe get some clarity on which level of support they need. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because I think the terms are so used interchangeably, but they really are very specific roles. So I would love for you to break those down. All right. So the first level of support is that virtual assistant. And this would be your most basic support level. So this would be things like scheduling your social media. It would be, you know, maybe managing your calendar, your inbox, you know, communicating with clients. It could even be you know, responding to comments on your blog posts or responding to comments on social media as well, like Instagram and Facebook in particular. So think about like those kind of lower level, like the lowest level tasks. They don't need a ton of training or, you know, experience to do them. So virtual assistants also tend to be kind of newer in the freelancing space. And so then one step above them is the project manager. And this is my favorite role for food bloggers to add in because it's just so empowering and so freeing. I see it. Like, I just see it again and again. Every project manager I hire for a food blogger or I recruit for a food blogger, they just love that role because the project manager can start taking over some of the management of the business. And so they can keep track. Like, yes, you as the food blogger, you get to still decide, you know, you get to decide your editorial calendar, but then you don't have to manage the details. You don't have to make sure all the things are getting done. And even if you, the food blogger, are the one doing it, 
enough. It's just really nice to have someone managing you because it is one of the bigger challenges as an entrepreneur is you don't have anyone. There's no one checking in on you. No one making sure your blog post goes out on certain days or times. You know, no one's like monitoring you. And so that's the beauty of the project manager is they can do a lot in that space. They can also set up your systems. They can get you organized. If you're not using a project management tool like Asana or Trello, they can do that can get your your content organized. Like let's say you have 300 blog posts and there's just assets everywhere, right? There's pictures, there's copy. You know, they can start putting that together for you. So you don't have to be the one to physically organize, you know, 300 posts worth of content. And then the third step is the online business manager. And this is just, it's like a step deeper than project manager. And the funny thing is, is like one person could do any of these three roles, but it's like, as you go up, like as you step up a level, there's fewer people doing that work. And so online business manager is also a really incredible role. This I'd say it's just like a bigger role. So it's almost like a bigger project management role. Sometimes they can also help with hiring or they can even just directly manage your contractors. So I've started to do this in my own business now in my hiring work. I have a business manager who then she manages the social media manager. We kind of have like a social media manager slash virtual assistant right now on my team. And my my online business manager manages her directly. Like I don't have a lot of contact with my VA because, you know, it's happening through the business manager. And so again, like if when you start to get at that point, that you have maybe three, three to five contractors or more reporting to you, it's really time to start looking for a business manager because you need, like, you can't have all of those people coming to you. It's kind of a nightmare, right? If you have eight contractors reporting to one person, that's just a lot. Like, you're not going to have a lot of space left in your week to do the work you want to do. You're going to spend all of your time managing your contractors, which is fine. Like, there are food bloggers who, if that's how they want to do it, like, if that's what you love and that's what you want to do, you can do that that way. But what I found is most food bloggers don't enjoy that so much. That's not why they got into food blogging. It wasn't to manage a big team, but now they're at this point where they have a bigger team and so they need more help. So that's that's kind of how that hierarchy or kind of a leveling up that comes like as your business grows. Yeah, I love those explanations because as you can tell, like as you're listening to that, there is some overlap and there's overlap probably in the tasks, but it's really the level of integration within your business. Like a VA is going to be somebody that you give the tasks and they do the tasks, but a project manager is going to know a little bit more of the ins and outs. And then an online business manager really becomes the person almost to replace you in a sense while you get to then focus on the things you really love to do. And so I just love hearing the hierarchy of that and how those all break down because yeah, there can be so much overlap. So do you typically recommend for someone to start with that virtual assistant position if they are really just hiring their first freelancer? Or are there times when hiring one of those higher up in the hierarchy actually makes more sense to give them that support that they need? So typically, I would recommend food bloggers start, like if they're looking at virtual assistant, I would encourage them to look more for a project manager. They're going to cost a little bit more, but not, it's not a ton more. It's not like twice. Like VA versus online business manager, you're looking at quite a big difference in cost. But when you look at the VA and the project manager, project managers aren't that much more, but they can do so much more. What I've seen most food bloggers struggling with is, is the details that they have all these blog posts. They're overwhelmed with like everything that's going on. They don't necessarily have systems and processes in 
place. They don't have their processes documented and they don't have business systems because that's not their gift, right? And that's okay. I mean, I don't follow food bloggers because they're good at at business systems. I follow them because they're good at developing recipes and taking photos and teaching me how to make the dishes. Like that's what I rely on them for. And so the more you can spend that time, like getting back to the root of like why you got into food blogging to begin with, like why you love creating and sharing, just the happier and more energized and more fulfilled you will be. And that's where then that project manager, like I said, they can do more. Because as you were mentioning, Madison, like the virtual assistant, they're great. If you can give them a task, show them how it's done and then let them do it. That's great. But that also takes a lot more from you, you the food blogger, to manage all of that. So that's why I usually recommend taking that little half step up and getting a project manager. I've also done it where I've also hired roles where or recruited roles where it's a project manager slash virtual assistant. And these are really popular too. It's a really good way to find a VA that has project management experience, but they aren't necessarily like full on like project management, they're still willing to do some of the implementation, you know, they'll still like schedule your social media, they might manage your inbox. If you find that hybrid role, that's a nice way to do it too. It's it's a temporary solution, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it, you know, for years, but it's a great place to start and then eventually transition that hybrid role into a full project manager. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think sometimes, and you can correct me if this is like, not the right way to go about it. But there are occasions where you can even bring someone kind of through each of those levels. Like if you find a virtual assistant who you just love and really gets your business and can support you, they can grow into the project manager or the online business manager. And I think where that maybe doesn't work is somebody who's a little bit more experienced and has already placed themselves into one of those higher level roles. But I know that I've seen people kind of do that approach. But like you said, that isn't always going to work necessarily, but it can sometimes work if you just find someone that you really love. So yeah, and I think the key there, the key with going with that approach is finding a VA that does have, that's interested in project management, you know, as opposed to like a VA who wants to like do social media management, you want to be looking for a VA that is into project management and has, you know, a lot of times the VAs that are into project management also have like event planning backgrounds. And so they tend to transition well then into, you know, managing the details of a food blog, the editorial calendar, you know keeping up with the the details day to day and week to week. So as you were just saying that, I thought of a new question that just came up because of just how many just nuggets of wisdom come out of our conversations. But would you recommend people really finding freelancers who have experience in the food blogging world? Or in your experience, has it mattered very much whether they have specifically worked with other food bloggers in the past? That is such a great question. I love considering that. So I've actually found that, especially with the food bloggers I've worked with, they are typically preferring people who aren't in the food blogging space. And overall, I kind of agree. I think it's good to get a separate perspective because oftentimes if you're hiring people that have the food blogging experience, they often want to create their own food blog. And that can be tricky, right? Because you don't necessarily want them learning off of you or, you know, seeing the inner workings of your business and your food blog and then apply 
applying it to their own. So that's one of the challenges in this space in particular, especially when it comes to some of these freelancing roles like, you know, virtual assistant, project manager, and I'd even say writing and social media management. Those roles, I think are, it's less relevant that they have direct food blogging experience. And it's almost better that they don't. Like I said, for one, because they can be like wanting to learn from you. They could also be eventually become your competitor if, you know, and then they learned off of you. And then also it's just helpful when they've had other experience because then they bring in their knowledge from other businesses and help you implement it. So if you only stay with people that are in the food blogging space or have worked with food bloggers in the past, you're really limiting yourself in terms of your talent options. So in terms of the applications you get. So that's like a couple of the challenges if you want industry specific, because ultimately it shouldn't really matter. I mean, when I think about project managers, it doesn't matter if they have run a food blog before. Sometimes it can be helpful, at least that they have editorial calendar management, but they could be doing that for a realtor. They could be doing it for another, you know, like an online coach. You know, those skills directly translate into food blogging. Yeah. And that's definitely, I think, something that is different within the food blogging industry because, you know, as a web designer, when I've hired freelancers, it's been very important that they understand like the web design world. But I have faced that where I've hired like a junior designer and then they kind of outgrew my business because their business took off. And so I could see where that would be potentially a problem if you hired somebody who had an interest in starting a food blog. And then all of a sudden in, you know, six months, they're ready to take theirs on their own. And you kind of have to wonder where did that knowledge come from? So I think it's important to definitely make sure that the person you're hiring has the skills or has the experience in like skills and programs versus maybe in your industry specifically. But I probably wouldn't have guessed that. I probably would have guessed that it was important to have somebody with that experience, but it makes total sense when you explain it that way. Okay. So let's talk about this mental shift that happens. So you know, you've listened to this podcast and you are like, all right, I know I need support. I'm feeling like I'm all over the place and I'm not reaching my goals and I want support. What should your very first step be? I guess we kind of talked about getting more clarity on the role itself, but when there somebody realizes it's time to hire a team member, what should that next step be? So typically the question at this point from food bloggers is where do I find the good freelancers? And to be totally honest, I, and I have done so much research and I've spent like just countless hours interviewing freelancers because I really wanted to understand what they were about. And so your next step is not so much where do you find them, it's more about how you find them. So this is exactly why too I put together a mini course around this, around those steps into the hiring process. So it's called the five things no one told you about hiring freelancers. And it's going to walk you through like what you need to do to find those awesome freelancers. So if you want reliable, talented, high performing then you want to hear more about that. You need to learn about how to find them. Yeah, that is amazing. And we will definitely put the link to that in the show notes because I think it on the surface, it seems like it's just, okay, you know you want to hire someone, just go hire them. But anyone who has gone through that process knows that there are so many steps. And so being able to have that free mini course to walk through to show you like, these are the things that you need to know before you do this is totally invaluable. So I'm really excited to share that with listeners. I'm pumped because it's also like I've made so many mistakes myself and I've been watching and hearing what other food bloggers are doing and like what their pain points are and I've been able to like kind of crack the code on it. And so it's so fun to share it through this mini course and to see people doing so well. 
Yeah, because it can be such an overwhelming process. And so I'm so thankful that there are people like you in this space to help walk the people on the other side through it to just figure out all of these loose ends because they're there are just a lot of questions that come up. I think we get stuck on the like who to hire. And then once you figure that part out, then it's like there's a million other questions that come after that, which leads me into, I wanted to make sure to share with listeners that you are a part of the Food Blogger Summit, which is starting on October 26th. And you are hosting a workshop during that. So can you talk to us about what your workshop during the summit is going to be and what people can expect to get out of it? I am so excited about that workshop. So we'll be spending an hour and a half together working on a job posting. So it's going to be structured so that there's time for you in the session to be working on your job posting. So if you are clear on a virtual assistant or a project manager or writer or social media management, like you can bring that role that you want to work on. And even if you don't think you're going to hire them this year, even if you're thinking like, oh, maybe the first half of next year, I will do this. This is going to be such a good session for you because I will be walking you through my five part job posting formula. And this job posting formula regularly gets 35 to 60 applications. And when you have that many applications, you you increase your chances of finding a handful of really good options. The other thing this job posting does is it's super attractive. It takes into account all of that knowledge that I've been building and the hiring process that I've been testing and refining in my business, as well as with food bloggers as well. And it accounts for all of that. So you can walk away with a job posting that you'll need to refine, but you'll have like the outline set in that session. And then the third part of that workshop is we'll be using a case study from Tara at Tara Teaspoon. She hired a project manager. I recruited a project manager for her almost a year and a half ago, but we're going to use her job posting as an example as well. So you'll actually get to like see the project management role come to life in the session as well. Yeah, I am so excited about this workshop. And it's something that you and I have been talking about for, I don't even know, like three or four months, probably ever since I decided to host another summit this year, we've been talking about what your presentation and workshop might look like. And just from, you know, sharing from personal experience, Emily and I chat a lot about business stuff. And she has helped me with so many hiring and freelancer issues. And so you guys are not going to want to miss this presentation. So make sure that you go over to thefoodbloggersummit.com and sign up for your free ticket. You can also sign up to get lifetime access to this. So if you can't make it to Emily's live workshop, you can grab that all access pass to have the replay of it and watch it later. But it is going to be one of the highlights of the week to be able to have something really tangible to walk away with and be ready to hire your next VA, project manager, social media manager, whatever it is. She is really going to help you with creating that job description, which is probably the most important first step that you need to take. So Emily, is there anything that people need to know before they attend that workshop? Like you kind of mentioned kind of having an idea of the role, but anything else that they need to be kind of prepared with before they come? Yeah, that's really the big thing is just have an idea of the role that you want to hire next or first, and then we'll take it from there. So you'll have time to reflect and journal on like what you need help with, and then we'll we'll kind of work it from there. And I'll also be available in the live chat as well. So this is honestly the except part I'm most excited about is because the session is pre-recorded, I get to live chat and I'll be able to like offer suggestions and tweaks as well. Like so you can just like you know, for each section we're working on, you can just put what you've got in into the chat and I can give live feedback as well. 
Yeah, I'm so excited for that part too. And you guys, like having that one-on-one access to a hiring specialist is something that you just don't get very often, especially when there are not in-person conferences. So like I said, you are just not going to want to miss this. I will be sitting in on it and taking notes and working through this job description for myself. So we would love to see you there. Make sure you go grab your ticket at the foodbloggersummit.com. Emily, can you share a little bit about where people can connect with you apart from the summit and how they can just follow along with your journey and potentially work with you as well. I'm on Instagram at emily.perrin. That's the best place for, you know, following me and my life. And then I'm also at emilyperrin.com. The mini course I mentioned is at emilyperrin.com slash mini course. I know, very simple and original. Yeah. And then also, if you want to work with me, there's a work with me link on my website as well. And you can see like the different options. I have my signature program, The Hiring Fix. I also have mentorship and private recruiting as well. Well, thank you so much. And we'll make sure that all of those are in the show notes for you guys. Like I said, you're going to want to connect with Emily and you're going to want to be a part of her job description workshop. Thank you so much for being here, Emily. I really hope that everybody took something away from this and just really understanding what that first step is to hiring their first freelancer. And I'm just so thankful to have you on the podcast finally after many months of talking about it. So thank you so much. Thanks, Madison. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.